This is Roof English Radio with Darenata, daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Roof. It's Roof English and I'm Darren Adam. Thank you very much for your time. I'm in East Iceland once again. I'm in Djupavoyer in a house with the most staggeringly beautiful view of the east coast of Iceland. It belongs to Sigurdur Gudmundsson, the artist, who is also the founder of Ars Longa, which is an art facility that I want to talk about. But so much to talk about with you. Shall we start with the time you spent out of Iceland as an artist? Because you have spent yeah. a great deal of time in yeah. the, the wider European art scene. In the 1963, I, 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 I quit the art school here. At, uh, I went abroad and, uh, to Amsterdam, one way flight. Took many, many hours <laughs> in those times, you know. Yeah. I think it was DC3 or, or DC4, maybe. Yeah. And uh, that went well and so on. Um, I uh, uh, was, uh, uh, I went to a kind of an academy there. That was just for the staying permission mm-hmm. that I did that. Because I was uh, fairly uh, active uh, when I was 20, you know, so young with other youngsters in Iceland mm-hmm. and uh, they were, and we found it uh, later uh, when I came back to Iceland for two years uh, in 66 till uh, three years you know, till beginning of 70, mm-hmm. 70 since then I have not lived in, lived in Iceland and um, then uh, we uh, f- uh, we were uh, homeless artists, so to speak, and uh, we started a gallery called Gallery Zoom, and this gallery had uh, very close ties with uh, connections with uh, the Fluxus movement in Düsseldorf and uh, Germany, and so also from the Americans, mm. also from London. Amsterdam was not a Fluxus uh, uh, thing, you know. Mm-hmm. The, they were just in Cobra and so on. And, and uh, can I ask, before you went, before you left Iceland, what influences, if any, did you have coming your way from Europe and from other oh, places? Yeah. I think, uh, I think that think that when my dyslexia, I'm st- uh, dyslexic, and I was very, very, very bad at school. I could not read a book and children book until I was 15 years old, you know. Okay. <laughs> so, so I had no uh, uh, primary uh, education. Okay. This was my great luck. As many of the visual artists, you know, they they find their way in the visuality, you know, and uh, and uh, that is. Uh, and, and so you weren't reading about other artists then from other parts of the world because oh, you couldn't. Well, you were artists were uh, friends of my parents. My fa- father had a little kind of a gallery and frame maker. He was a frame maker. Okay. And all uh, all the artists at that time, you know, when I was growing up, they were family friends, family friends of uh, of uh, my father's and mother's home. Yes. And uh, and uh, so, so I knew them all, you know. And uh, so th- that was, uh, and I was very, very fond as a youngster of, uh, you know, reproductions of uh, Edward Munch, of course, Van Gogh, and uh, this kind of 
19th century uh, mm. artists. And were they influences then on your own art once you started to create yourself? I guess so, yeah. You know, I believe now, 100 years later, I, I, 60 years later, mm. that the influence from the artwork to the artist is anonymous, you know, that is, uh, that is a kind of an oxygen. It gives, uh, it's an oxygen, but not an oxygen that leads you to imitate mm. the, the artwork that caused it, you know, that is of course, but you get, you have to like it very, very much yes. to be able to get the oxygen out of it, you know, the radiation of good artwork. Yes. Not all artwork has that, you know, but, and also, it is like uh, the menu, you know, some, uh, the art that I like, or the art that I feel nothing about, can be extremely good art, you know. Yes, yes. It's very common, of course. And nobody likes everything. Mm. That is the same as liking nothing, you know, yes. <laughs> actually. So tell me about your return then to well the, the time you spent abroad and and then your return to Iceland. Where are we in in time there? Then we are in the year nineteen hundred sixty six, and then uh, there is already a, a group of uh, underground uh, in Little Reykjavik, you know. But and, uh, they were writers, they were composers, they were also visual artists and theatre people, and that was very significant for the fluxus movement that uh, mixed all medias, you know. That is, uh, at a certain moment, you didn't know if you were a ballet dancer or a painter, oil painter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was all the same, you know. This was a very good uh, uh, podium, you know, to yes. uh, be on, you know. It's very rich, that gives a lot, you know. Avant-garde theater, avant-garde classical music, and so on. Yes. That is, uh, that is, uh, was very, very uh, influential. We've spoken about this on Roof English before. There seems to be a point, very roughly, it's the 1980s, yeah. where the old Iceland gives way to the new Iceland, where things like the, the ban on television, for example, yeah. on a Thursday. Well, it's not a ban, but you can't watch TV on a Thursday because there isn't any. The ban on dogs. The ban on beer. All of these things start to change. Iceland was a horrible country, horrible country. Really? In in, it was so much bourgeoisie, so uh, ugly vers uh, version of Christianity and uh, authority and uh, my God, it was uh, it was. Uh, what effect did that have on the art coming out uh, of the country? Do you think the the very good artists that uh, the generation before me. They came, uh, they were all very, very poor. They lived in a, a barracks from the Americans or British, you know, when they occupied rightly Iceland in the mm. Great War, in the, in the Second World War. And uh, they uh, had a very, very difficult time also, you know, they were, uh, especially if they were, you know, abstract uh, painters, which there were many of them. And uh, they went to school. Uh, the generation before then went to school to Copenhagen, very old-fashioned uh, version of art, you know, very yes. backwards, yes. the Danish art at the time. And uh, so they came with a replica of that into the Icelandic uh, flora of uh, artworks, and that was very 
datusnot tas varie reaktioner so once the country starts to open up and once these strange practices and bans start to disappear does that mean the art is liberated as well do you think yeah i i, I think that uh, we we in the zoom group uh, quote uh, uh, had have had very very big uh, part of that development to open up, up Iceland mm. uh, for new streams and the the artists came also to Iceland and we exhibited in Europe yes. and so on. Uh, How important was that? Extremely important, of course, for you know a little island in the north uh, uh, like Iceland, kind of isolated uh, from the big world, you know. Mm. And uh, then uh, uh, there was no museums or nothing of that. There, were, there was no gallery or nothing like that. Yes. Uh, or the museums were very, very dusty, you know. The National Museum were horrible. Interesting that a country with such a obviously wonderful written tradition, an oral sure. tradition as well. But part of this, why it was like that for the visual artist, because the main attention was on literature. Yes in Iceland, you know, and that is par, um, um, par excellence, is it a literary country, you know. And do you think it was felt that, you know, because Iceland has this amazing literary history, we, we don't need visual artists? Was there a sort of unspoken no, sense I of that? the focus of them, they sold themselves as a, a, a literary empire, you know, yeah. you know, and they could not do that with their uh, visual art because it hardly existed. Yeah. So but the, why why do you think it hardly existed? Was it was it because of the literary predominance? No, I think the, the uh, small uh, uh, countries, uh, small nation with a minority complex, of course, therefore, of course, <laughs> uh, they uh, 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 boast of the best thing they have, and that was literature. Yeah. Mm. So uh, there is not more energy in the nation than to put all the energy in the literature. Yes. Because almost every uh, Icelandic uh, person in the old days, you know, they, they, po- they, they spoke in poetry, you know. Yeah. You know. I want to bring us a little bit further forward now and maybe talk about Ars Longa, which is the arts f- facility. You can maybe describe it in a different way. Yeah. You're the founder and the co-founder of that. Yeah, yeah. We are two of us, uh, Thor Vipusson, uh, also an artist, with an international record, also, whatever that means, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and we, uh, you know, I had been here uh, in, uh, on visits and so on, and then I, the mayor of this Autobor, uh, and Autobor is much bigger than it was then, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in, because Autobor uh, municipality it doesn't exist, you know, it's now Mula thing, say the further and all this further. Yeah, you know, which know. is it's a big area geographically, big area. isn't it? Geographically, yeah. Yeah, 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 big area. So that is, uh, but then it was only a, a municipality of Djubbavor, and the mayor came to, to me and said, hey, Siki, I was a little bit known at the time, also as an artist abroad and so on, in Iceland also. Yes, yes. So, uh, and, uh, he said, can you not do something here in the harbour? There was pedestals of uh, concrete, pedestals 34, uh, and, uh, 
and uh, the fishing company had uh, fled to another place and left everything there, you know, to, for this little poor uh, um, tube of water. Mm. So he, uh, so I made a work uh, that became very, very well known all over the country called the X in Gleðuvík. You can see it now. In a, uh, well, there's a ropes uh, 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 protecting it or something. I don't know why they put it there, but okay. okay. It is a visual noise, of course, but uh, they are making a uh, pavement along the, uh, the, the... You can, uh, uh, after the interview, you can uh, uh, drive down there. I will drive with you there, show you this... Uh, 34X, mm. uh, all of birds that visit Iceland in the summer, in the spring, to lay eggs, and, you know, and then they go again, you know. Yes, yes. And it is a very famous spot in Iceland here for uh, bird watchers, Djubovor. Uh, so I did that, and uh, then it changed the economy of the village because it became a... a uh, must to see uh, part of the round road, you know, yes, yes. for tourists. And it's very close to Route 1, we should say, Jupiter. Ah. It's very close to the main road. And very close to yes, the road. Yes. People used to pass it, you know, yeah, but yeah. Uh, uh, um, partly thanks to the X, they thought, hey, we shall look to the X. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was the beginning of it. And then, uh, and I was living in China then, and still live there in China. And uh, my wife is a Dutch woman, and uh, she uh, started uh, a thing in China, in the city of Xiamen, China, southeast China, mm. coast, uh, coast uh, city, with five million people or something like that. Yes, I've got a friend actually who used to work there from, huh? from Northern Ireland originally. He went out to Xiamen to work. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in a factory. In the factory. He ran a factory. Oh, he ran a factory. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He yeah. also taught English to yeah. the Chinese workers with a very strong Northern Irish accent. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I often wonder yeah. what that would sound like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been living in the North for, uh, yeah, almost, uh, uh, for sure, for 25 years, mm. 25, six years. Anyway, there my wife started something called the European Art Centre the Chinese European Art Center. This became a huge success, not money-wise, but huge success in, in the whole China. We took into China a very, very uh, strong uh, uh, leading artists from Europe, young and new streams and so on, and we showed this China, Chinese artists in Europe, mm -hmm. and also here in Tupelo. For 10 years, every year, it was a Chinese-European exhibition in a fish factory here, mm. before we got the house of uh, Aslonga. Mm. So that was, the, the, that was the development, actually, uh, towards having an international museum here in, mm. in this city. One review that I'll read of it says the strength of the exhibition, which is in Ars Longa, undoubtedly a conversation of the generations where complex threads are revealed between works 
that are historical and others new. It's rare to see such things done this way at exhibitions of domestic museums. So even in a part of the country like East Iceland, which is very artistic, Oslonga seems to stand sure, out, doesn't it? It's very, very, very well connected, thanks to, uh, thanks to me, maybe, mm. uh, to, uh, yeah, not only me, you know, but okay. Maybe I, I uh, was Primus Motor in it or something like that, mm. but uh, I am not all around man, you know, so uh, and, uh, there are good, good people in the, in the, in the, on the board in, in uh, Aslonga, very good, good artist, uh, good, uh, intelligent. And, and so for someone then that goes to visit Aslonga just now, yes, what can they now expect? it is under construction, you know, we got the building, uh, then we decided to throw it for and I. Uh, on one of the openings in the fish factory, when we were opening there, we had all these presidents opening it, uh, minister of cultures, uh, ambassadors, mm. on, uh, and uh, sometimes famous artists and so on. Uh, so to, and, uh, and because we were international, you know, yes. minded. And uh, I believe myself, you know, that there is no such thing as Icelandic art or British art, you know. Art is a borderless uh, phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But is th that's interesting. Do you think that you think there's no such thing as Icelandic art, even though the landscape here is unique? That, Does that influence uh, artists in a way that not, doesn't happen uh, elsewhere? Not the essence of the artwork. It is maybe the body, the physical body of it, that you can see a relation. You can, for instance, see that uh, that uh, Spanish painters, they have a much more uh, jolly uh, yes. a, a, a feeling for painting, uh, for colours, than, for instance, uh, Finland. Very, very, mm. very different. And does that reflect the fact that the sun is shining more in Spain? Is that why that happens, or yeah. what's going on there? Yeah, could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. It, yeah. Yeah. Of course, nature influences always uh, all people, also artists. Yeah. But to have it literally copied and uh, copy paste and so you know the scenery, that mm. is uh, not very exciting. Art. No, no, it is, no, you know that is no. that is not. Uh, I mean, that is not uh, moving you. Uh, uh, because in my opinion, art is uh, uh, all about operating in the future, in the day tomorrow, never in the past. Okay. It's my, uh, it is not a common uh, idea of all people, you know, in the art world. But, no. uh, but then I suppose most artists would say that they would, at the very least, they want to create something new that's not been done they before. They're not going to admit to copying to something it. in the past. They cannot, uh, they need to do it, you know, yes. because uh, they, they go to the edge of here and now, and they are bored to hear, you know, could mm. they have enough of that, you know, it's not exciting anymore. So they need to go to the unknown, and that is the future. Mm. Mm. And uh, I'm not saying that all uh, Mm, uh, all steps that uh, leave the, the, the present uh, will lead to a good artwork. I'm not saying that, mm. but I'm saying when it happens that a good artwork is done and born, then it is new and unpopular in the beginning, a kind of a, no good, it's so, so, so. 
Is Ars Longa, do you think, the equal of any museum or gallery or exhibition space anywhere else in Europe? Well, it is a little bit... Uh, certainly not in Iceland. Because, yeah, well, in Iceland, even the Living Art Museum started uh, similarly, you know, in Reykjavik. And uh, uh, that came after Zoom, the Living Art Museum, with the Zoom people, you know. So they have done a very good job, and they are very... Uh, but they are a, a governmental uh, run place, kind of semi, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, and we are, uh, uh, with the Ars Longa Museum, we are uh, independent completely. Yes, and yes. We, have, we don't fall under the museum law or something like no, that. No, no. But, but what I mean is it's very ambitious, isn't it? Very it's got the ambition of... Very, very ambitious, and uh, we have very, we are very, very good, well connected yes. uh, for things happening in many places in Europe, America, and in Asia. In a recent episode, I was in Sedisfjerde, yeah. at the Skaptefeld. Thanks to Dieter Roth, of course. Dieter Roth, uh, a mate, actually, Dieter Roth, Swiss, uh, uh, German Swiss, uh, Russian artist, Dieter Roth. Not a philosopher, Dieter Roth, but Dieter Roth. Yes, yes. And he is, uh, died uh, ten years ago. And he was uh, a very, he came with all the Fluxus people to us in the gallery soon, you know. He was, uh, he was a very, very important uh, mm-hmm. person in, 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 in the development of contemporary art in yes. Iceland. But somewhere like, say, this field, which is a small town, Djupavoir is a small town as well, on the east coast of Iceland, these are remote places, very beautiful places, but they're not at the centre of things geographically in the way that some of the bigger right. museums obviously are in Europe. They, there's a phrase in English, they punch above their weight, don't they? They're more important than their surroundings, but I suppose. Still it is positive uh, that they try it, you know. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, it, is, yeah. uh, it is nice to be uh, visit some uh, uh, tiny little uh, village in Iceland and see uh, hardcore contemporary art, it's very nice. Yeah. And it is happening all the time, uh, also in other places. Also. And Söðisjörður uh, also recruited uh, foreign artists to stay there. We seek, uh, uh, we uh, at the Art Slonga, uh, one of the first thing we did when we, uh, even before the building, uh, because then we were, the first exhibition was actually in, in the fish factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we started something that we call the Art Council of East Iceland. And we meet in Eilstaðir, uh, from, from Hörn Hörnafjörður til uh, Rauðarhörn, also wow. the whole East. We coordinate our events uh, with them. And we, and we are there as a guidance. Uh, we are not paid or something called, luckily not. <laughs> and a, a guidance, a guidance for uh, cultural disasters which uh, happen. You know, uh, it can be a beautiful, beautiful scenery, and there comes a kitschy, kitschy thing uh, there, uh, decided by the municipality. But all municipalities are like that when they are uh, 
dividing uh, in which portfolio uh, this politician takes or so if somebody uh, played block flute mm-hmm. when he was baby uh, then he gets culture you know and operates uh, from all that spent his money yeah. his, uh, the way that he wants to yeah yeah, yeah. and this is very unhealthy Mm-hmm. Very unhealthy. Uh, uh, and nothing about folk, uh, uh, no, uh, about amateur artists were also good, you know, it doesn't move anything, you know, but mm-hmm. it, it, is, uh, it is entertaining for uh, people, uh, you know, it doesn't, uh, it leaves you with status quo, you yes. know, but it ent- well. entertains you. Just briefly, as we're in this kind of territory, this, this sort of area, how well does Iceland as a country treat its artists, art of all kind, in terms maybe of public funding, in terms of the way, even at school, how art is taught and given space to grow? How seriously and how well are artists and is art treated here? I have been a teacher in many, many academies abroad and visiting artists here in the Reykjavik art schools and so on, art university. And uh, I must say that, anyway, the Icelandic nation is very uh, uh, fond of when an Icelandic artist has success abroad, mm. and then they, ce- they celebrate it, you know, and so on. They are, they are more and more getting positive, the, the politics, mm-hmm. seeing the seeing the fact that uh, culture is a good business. Yes, yes. Uh, if, you, uh, if you reverse it and say no culture in a village or in a city is a very bad business, yeah. this is well known. Mm. Well, we found, didn't we, I think all countries found during COVID yeah. that the hit to the economy, because you couldn't go to the theatre, you yeah. couldn't go to a gallery, you yeah. couldn't go to a yeah. cinema. Yeah. These fun things, yeah. these creative elements, yeah. are actually a big financial part of the economy as well. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And when they were build, I lived in New York for a while. Yeah. And when they were building uh, Harlem, uh, you know, Harlem was, uh, you know, uh, a little bit uh, uh, poor, quite poor, very, very poor, I can say, in 1918. And then they planted out, you know, progressive galleries there, artists' uh, studios and so on. And uh, ten years later, you know, it became popular and they could uh, sell their houses for, uh, build new houses and sell it for a lot of US dollars. Mm. You know, good business. It is good business. And it's it's obviously an important part of the economy yeah. here in Jupiter. Well, this is maybe the physical benefit of it, yeah. but the spiritual benefit oh, is uh, unmeasurable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is that, just to conclude that point, is that spiritual benefit, do you think, something that is recognised as it should be? Yes, I think that is uh, the case. You know, it is not a hostile, uh, hostile uh, encounter, anyway, no. from the from the leaders or system and so on. Uh, of course, it's always a minority uh, of the populations that are uh, uh, interested in, in uh, one of the many kinds of art, you know. They are more for, uh, 
you know, they're more for entertaining uh, things, sprouter, some, okay. I have nothing against that also, and uh, I'm strongly in favor of uh, this spreading the, the, the pop music, because these kids that, uh, that listen uh, intensively to pop music, they get completely moved by it, you know. Just uh, like being in love with yeah. it, you know. Yeah. It's very, very important to me. Because well, if, if it would not be like that, then mankind would be in a big problem. Otherwise, they will turn into zombies yeah. if they stop using feelings. Yeah, but those those feelings, as I say, if, if you've got say a Taylor Swift fan, Taylor yeah. Swift is the biggest pop star in the world. A Taylor Swift fan, those songs mean more than anything yeah. to that person, don't they? This is good. At uh, high level, you know, intellectual people are looking down to this, but it is very, very good, very important. Because that's the response you want as an artist, whether yeah, you're a songwriter or a poet yeah. or a visual Not artist. Famous or rich, but. Uh, uh, no, I'm not against it, <laughs> but uh, it is okay. not the aim. It's yeah. not the aim, and uh, and uh, it is much more, you know, uh, the the display of of something to love and like. Like the, you see the young people on the concerts, so they're totally in trance of yeah. feelings, feelings. Uh, that is very, very good. Well, we end on a very positive note, I think, then. Just briefly, the, the opening hours of Ars Longa, uh, when people can turn up, we will put a link to the website on the page accompanying this show. But briefly, as we head into winter, heading into October, roughly what are the opening hours? Well, we are, uh, our plan is to solve this problem. Ars Longa Museum would be a high-tech international museum, high-tech. We... I see. I say we are in some interviews. I've said that we are. You must look up on Aslanka Museum as a breathing machine. It breathing in all the progressive streams that I can uh, get hand on and documents it and blows it into the Icelandic uh, media and uh, uh, websites or whatever yeah, you know. Yeah. Sucks also, we collect uh, uh, websites and uh, all information of the, of the underground, you know, uh, Icelandic underground on all levels, you know. We are not only for visual art, though we are, that is our strongest yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. because the founders are both artists also. And, but we read books also and we go to uh, concerts and so, of course, like other people. And with uh, and uh, so in the snow, uh, three months snows in the, in the, there will be some persons sitting in Reykjavik or or in Kuala Lumpur, and uh, with the modern technique, you know, and they can feed it so have it moving, okay. and uh, and we will have. Definitely, we have events here during the winter and yeah, so on, yeah. regularly yeah. and so Then, not the least, Aslonka initiated, uh, we initiated uh, 
thought we for sure not I did this and got more people into it. Something that we call the poetry lane. Mm-hmm. And we are in the almost finished with it, you know. We have been working on it now for one and a half year, maybe two years, intensively. Uh, we collect, uh, we, we, uh, we select uh, 150 poems from 150 poets. Uh, back to, you know, back to uh, uh, Dante. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and also to the ancient uh, uh, poets and, and, and to the unknown mm-hmm. uh, poet in America or in Ireland of um, unknown and to the known one also, you know, mm-hmm. 150. Uh, I've been four times now to Sweden to the, to the quarries there to uh, select this uh, and I am going there two times more this year, six times in one year, to Sweden to, for that project, you know. Okay. Uh, we have scholars in it, so, and uh, to, you know, and we, so we take all the, all the, your country, of course, Shakespeare is there, and uh, Eliot, and, uh, and uh, the, all the Irish heroes, and mm-hmm. also un- unknown uh, or less known, mm-hmm. British or whatever. Yeah. We have from all the continents, all, and uh, you, uh, and we make a, a, the lane is uh, like a, there is a, uh, you uh, start by the museum, our museum, the Slonka Museum, and, uh, and it is a one hour walk, you go over, uh, it starts by the museum, you go over a little hill to the seaside, so take a very big um, round, so about one hour walking, and all the time you see left and right, uh, maybe one meter eighty uh, long stones that are flat on one side, and there is uh, engraved in it a poem in the original language, whether it's Hebrews, Persian, uh, Greenlandish, yeah, or, yeah. or Icelandic, and so not translated. And uh, one poem uh, for one artist, which is, we try to have a, a significant poem from the artist in question. Mm. You know, something that's significant for this artist. And, and making that visual, physical art yeah. out of poetry. Uh, yes, and uh, they, you know, you uh, start one. Uh, we don't start with Shakespeare by the museum because we don't use that kind of hierarchy. Unknown, unknown, same. Okay. We mix the nationalities also, you know, not the Icelandic group here or so. Mm-hmm. Mm. And understands where it comes from, you know, from this uh, long um, uh, poet, mm-hmm. a poem. And then uh, uh, the name of the poet under it. Or in Arabic or Icelandic, or English, yeah. or whatever out there. A fascinating idea. I think a lot of people are going to respond yeah, very positively to that. We hope that we will, can open this in the spring. And uh, we are trying to recruit money. It's not expensive. This mm-hmm. costs something like maybe 30 million kroners, peanuts. So it, 
fits also very well into the politics because mm -hmm. uh, uh, one of the main uh, problems with the uh, stream of uh, of tourists to Iceland it is the southwest uh, corner of Iceland and if you can spread it more over the country like the east then uh, everybody's happy. And especially if those international flights can open up to Eilstadir Airport as well, which right, I know right. there's been a couple of false starts, but maybe next this year. This should be a world uh, uh, kick, you know. Yes, yeah. And as we've said many times on the Roof English, if you can get into the country in Akureyri, for example, you could spend two weeks in the north without ever going to Reykjavik. Right. If you can get into Eilstadir, you could spend two weeks here. That. They started doing this or not? Yeah. Yeah. Well, th there was, I think, uh, Condor Airlines was going yeah. to open up a route to Eilstad that hasn't happened yet, but it, but it hopefully will. And again, just briefly, as we conclude, you've got the international feel, certainly, of Ars Longa, and therefore you will have guests from all over the world that will respond yeah. positively to what's there, I think. Yes, Ars Longa uh, Museum is different from other museums. We have no director, we don't want that. And uh, uh, we... Uh, do not uh, have an academic uh, view on what is good or bad. Mm -hmm. It is uh, more, you know, the artist's choice, actually, more than, uh, than... Because, you know, the scholars, of course, they, can, they cannot do otherwise. They, 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 uh, they are always dealing with what has already uh, established itself. Because if it has not established, then it is invisible for them. Mm. It's not for us. No, no, indeed not. Sigurdur, thank you very much indeed. I very much appreciate the conversation. Sigurdur Gudnason, who is one of the founders of Ars Longa uh, here in Djupavoya. And thank you for your time today here on Roof English. I'm Darren Adam. You can contact us by email anytime. We are english at ruv.is. There is more from Roof English with all the news from Iceland in English at ruv.is slash English. Roof English Radio is a daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Roof.